0: Hello and welcome to Spotlight On, the podcast that brings together business leaders, entrepreneurs and experts covering a range of topics. I'm Nicholas Barton, founder and CEO of the Barton Partnership. We're an award-winning executive recruitment and consulting solutions firm, providing permanent search and independent consulting services across strategy, sustainability and M&A, data and analytics and transformation and change. Welcome to the Barton Partnership's Women in Leadership podcast series. I'm Victoria Montague. I lead our North American business, and I am delighted to be hosting our podcast today with two fantastic guests from Honeywell's strategy and sustainability businesses, Amanda Copperthite and Yashika Sharma. Amanda and Yashika, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be on our podcast today.
1: Thanks, Victoria. We're very excited to be here. We love talking about business investing in the realm of sustainability. So I think it's going to be a really exciting conversation.
0: Fantastic. Well, why don't we just kick off briefly with a quick introduction? It would be great if you could introduce yourselves in your own words.
1: Absolutely. So I'm the VP of Strategy Marketing Consultancy for our Sustainable Technology Solutions Group. So think about these technologies as the the bigger ticket items uh, that will help address And help companies achieve their carbon neutrality from green and blue hydrogen, from carbon capture to energy storage, to plastic circularity, to renewable fuels, to sustainable aviation fuels. And I run a team that's really focused on delivering inorganic and organic growth strategies from an inorganic side. Yashika is going to talk a little bit more about this, but we do a lot of uh, VC investment. We identify M&A targets to help shape the portfolio. And then on the organic side, I work with my team to identify sales activation campaigns, collateral content, et cetera, and getting Honeywell's name out there as more than a thermostat player, right? (laughs) Which a lot of people probably know Honeywell is a thermostat player. We do a lot more than that.
2: I love that. Thank you. Thanks, Victoria, for having us here. I'm coming here by spending a lot of my career into strategic consulting to global energy companies across the value chain. During this time, I started looking at climate change that these companies are facing, climate challenges that these companies are facing, and started realigning their portfolio to fulfill their climate agenda. This is where I found my passion for sustainability, and this is what led to Honeywell and sustainability team that I'm currently in. In this role, I work as the global strategic planning leader, wherein I'm focused on inorganic and organic growth strategy for our company. This includes developing growth plans for our low-carbon current solutions, identifying lucrative markets, identifying right partners with whom we can collaborate and engage. This is all very exciting. But what I find as the most exciting part about my role here is that I am continuously focused on creating new markets and new solutions that can serve as tangible answers to some of the key sustainability challenges that we are trying to address. This includes solutions like hydrogen, green hydrogen, sustainable aviation fuel, ethanol to jet, and a lot more which are in works currently.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. I love those topics around innovation and and partnerships. We'll come on to in in more detail. Why don't we kick off by talking about what sustainability means to Honeywell and perhaps
1: how that's evolved over the past few years. I'd love to hear your opinions on that. Yeah, absolutely. So Honeywell, like I said, it's more than a thermostat company. Hmm. Honeywell is a a large technology company um, that plays in a number of industrial spaces. If you think about Honeywell, it's control, automation, materials, right, which are core elements of sustainability, being able to address the environmental, social, right, and economic challenges that are are facing us. Honeywell is not new to the sustainability game. It's actually the core of what we do. It's in our DNA. We have about 60% of our revenue that's generated is geared towards ESG-type solutions, everything from the new fuels that we mentioned, the SAF, green hydrogen, all the way through, think about resiliency, right, cybersecurity. We have flight management systems across our aerospace business different tools in terms of AR, VR for training and optimization, again, addressing the whole environmental, social and governance aspect, as well as emissions monitoring, tracking, etc. We have been working on decarbonizing our own footprint. Since the early 2000s, we've done 6100 energy efficiency programs and we're working on achieving carbon neutrality by 2035. More specifically, Ishika's going to get into more detail. We set up this group called Sustainable Technology Solutions and say like early 2000, right before COVID hit, which was good in a couple of ways, right? We had this new business, we're running, we're all dispersed assets, but the world really had a chance to reflect. And as you know, sustainability accelerated. So Honeywell is investing in this group where we have these key technologies to help our customers decarbonize, and we're looking to grow that portfolio. So again, Honeywell, it's in our DNA. We've done this for a long time. It's a big part of our revenue. I want to mention it's also a big part of our R&D plan for our new products. About Mm -hmm. 60% of our R&D is geared towards those sustainable solutions. And then more specifically, um, we've invested in the Sustainable Technology Solutions Group, which has those large decarbonizing technologies that I talked about.
2: Sustainability for Honeywell means presenting innovative, wide-reaching portfolio of solutions to our customers that impact every corner of the ecosystem that we live in. And this is completely reflected in a diverse sustainability portfolio that we are able to create and present to our customers, which involves developing energy-efficient solutions for buildings, harnessing renewable energy through energy storage, providing low-carbon fuels, low-carbon fuels such as renewable diesel and SAF, managing emissions from industrial setups, and developing fuels of future like hydrogen. But having said that, uh, for us, sustainability doesn't only stop at the innovative offerings that we are presenting to our customers, but it also is in our DNA, wherein we are trying to take stringent internal measures as well towards uh, the path of carbon neutrality for our company. And I would like Amanda to add some things about what we've been doing internally to be a carbon neutral company.
1: Yeah, so I mentioned we've done 6100 energy efficiency programs since the early 2000s. So if you think about decarbonization, Victoria, for customers, for those out there, and what does it mean to be carbon neutral? The first, say, 20 25% is gonna be through energy efficiency and energy efficiency programs. The next is gonna be through that optimization. So I mentioned automation controls, et cetera. Then you're gonna have the the rest of the 50% where you're gonna have to potentially implement things like carbon capture, lower carbon intensity fuels. And then some companies, not ours, likely have to go out and buy some carbon credits to achieve the carbon neutrality because your sustainability journey is going to vary by asset and location. So we are working on doing those things. And I hate this term, but we are dogfooding our own technology to help us get to carbon neutral and linking on an asset by asset basis. So we get that full feedback loop. Decarbonize Honeywell, we learn how to do that and we apply it to our customers.
0: Thank you. I, I love hearing about how you know you both said it. It's in your DNA. This isn't something that you're new to. And sixty percent of all of your revenue, the ESG related, is huge. Part that is definitely coming across is this isn't just an external. How do we sell our products and services and capabilities? This is absolutely within the core, like you said, within the DNA. How do we do this within Honeywell as well? We've talked a little bit about this already, but. Has the business needed to provide any additional investment over the past couple of years to scale up ESG commitments? Or do you feel like you were already on such a pathway to do that? It's just been a natural progression.
1: I feel like it's been a natural progression. We were going to place those bets anyways. We may have just mm-hmm. prioritized and wrapped them, and stacked them in, in a different way and called it a different theme. But we were well on our way to. Being a part of that energy transition, especially in Honeywell UOP, which SPS is a part of. If you know UOP, they've been the creators of fuels for 100 years. So this was just mm-hmm. a natural evolution. As you get to peak oil, peak fossil fuel demand, it was already something that was in their game plan. It just accelerated, right? We've done about 90 to 20 uh, corporate ventures, of which a number of them are related to some element of sustainability. Specifically, in our group here, we did one on electric hydrogen, which is a green hydrogen electrolyzer DAC provider. So that would be one example of investment. And we're looking at investing in some more venture companies.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Amanda, you've talked very publicly about the importance of ready now sustainability. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that and perhaps sort of the importance of of thinking about the short as well as long-term work within this space?
1: That that's a great question. That's something that Yushik and I talk about a lot and it's one of our great campaigns and something we have to keep in mind as we're shaping a portfolio. So Ready Now is technology that you can deploy today. Right. So carbon capture for those hard to abate segments like cement, steel, petrochemicals, et cetera. Th- those are ready to go. We can put the carbon capture unit on the post combustion, capture the carbon. We partnered with companies like Enlink, who are a big pipeline uh, provider in the south, east and west of the U.S., to then be able to take CO2 offtake to the deliver for utilization or downhole. Same thing with our SAF technology. Refiners can use that today. It's ready to go. It's not in development. It doesn't, it's at commercial scale. It's not pre-pilot. It's not between pilot and commercial. It is that, that commercial element. So yeah. that's where the, the ready now comes in. So customers don't have to wait. We don't need to wait. We can start addressing what we need to, to limit that 1.5 degrees Celsius warming.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. One thing that you've talked about a little bit in our previous conversations and alluded to today is around partnerships. And we're happy, very happy today, not just to have one, but to have two guests from Honeywell on our podcast, which I think speaks to that importance of collaboration. We talked a little bit about you working with TPG Capital, looking at coalitions with 3M and Apple. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of collaboration and partnership?
1: Everything we do together, Um, Mishik and I are other teammates at Honeywell. We do it as a team. They say that rising tides raise all boats. I'm going to have to think about a different analogy, but partnerships are necessary. This is an ecosystem that has to develop. And those who may have been competitors in the past that don't compete on same technology, but adjacent or complementary technology will need it. There's going to be a technology provider needed for carbon capture, for SAF, for others, right? because market development and timing is going to vary by geography, where there's incentives what's available in terms of infrastructure within that geography and what industries you're targeting. So it's an absolute must in terms of partnerships and working together and having more companies come out with ready now and commercial technology. Ishika, did you want to add to that?
2: How I understand uh, inorganic or partnerships is that sustainability or the climate challenge is an evolving problem that we face every day and which requires evolving solutions. More so, uh, worth noting is that, that these solutions are needed right now and at scale as well. So at instances, individual companies are not that efficient and effective to deliver these solutions independently. And let's say E2E, end-to-end solutions independently, it's better or they choose collaborations with experts that can quickly bring knowledge, skills, resources, and scale to create meaningful solutions. This is why at Honeywell, completely believe in uh, creating a healthy mix, a good mix of partnerships and collaborations along with our in-house capability development that can bring in a lasting impact to the sustainability challenges that we face. There are a lot of great ideas and solutions which are floating around. And trust me, these solutions and ideas are not only created by big companies, but also by some niche players who are real experts in their own field. So what we are trying to do here is that we are trying to collaborate and partner with not only big players, but also some niche Mm -hmm. providers who are able to tackle the problem that we face. I mean, the niche problems that we are trying to solve for our customers. Amanda, do you want to talk about specific examples
1: yeah, very happy to talk about specific examples. So, um, which also goes into the timing element, right? As we shape the portfolio, we have to look at venture vestments from series A to series C, those that are in maybe the pilot to commercialization phase, those that have been commercial. And then, you know, do we have existing technology that is ready for commercialization, maybe in a different adjacency? So specific, um, examples, I mentioned the electric hydrogen. Um, venture investment made earlier this year with other strategic partners like um, Equinor, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, Rio Tento. I believe Amazon was also a part of that investment. We did an investment in partnership with United and Alder Fuels. Alder Fuels has a technology that enables the paralysis oil that was extracted from, say, biomass to then be, we call it, upgraded And basically, you can make sustainable aviation fuel with it. So through that partnership, United committed to about 1.5 billion gallons of SAF, right? Not as big in the grand scheme of things, but definitely uh, one of the largest uh, deals out there in terms of SAF. We also have partnerships with Enlink. I mentioned that earlier in our conversation. They're a big pipeline provider in the south. East and west of the U.S., they actually have about 10 percent of all the pipeline capacity in Louisiana, which is key because Louisiana has already identified themselves as a a hydrogen hub. They'll be able to provide that transportation gap we have in our portfolio and where we're not going to play for carbon capture uh, utilization or storage. We've also done a recent partnership with UT Austin on developing our carbon capture technology. So through that collaboration, we'll be able to provide differentiated actually capture material. And sources. So those are just kind of a few examples. We have a, a number more in works and ones that we've announced, but those are just some few examples across the value chain.
0: Thank you. It's really inspiring to hear about those. I think listening to you talk about that bigger picture view, it's very inspiring. And I think it's also very hopeful. It's easy to get a little bit negative about these topics sometimes. So really appreciate that. Another really? topic that hopefully provides some inspiration as well. I know we're all very passionate about women leadership in sustainability. So it's clearly a huge strength at Honeywell, given who's here today, um, but also given things like Amanda's recent Grit Award nomination. Congratulations again. Why do you think this is a strength for Honeywell? And as a follow up question, what advice would you give to women looking to grow and progress their career within
1: this industry? Absolutely. So, you know, both you Shik and I mentioned before. It's a strength of Honeywell because it's just at the core of what we do. I, I know I'm going to say that a number of times as a part of her DNA. If you think sustainability, environmental, social, governance, reporting, societal, et cetera, we, we're a controls automation and materials business, which are, are key to enabling that sustainability journey. We also have, you know, we talk about extensive domain expertise at Honeywell, whether it be oil and gas, petrochemicals, in our advanced material business, we work closely with AstraZeneca providing the the vials for material for the vials for the COVID-19 vaccine, et cetera, because we know those industries so well that we can help them through a sustainable transition and towards sustainable development to a sustainable outcome. And, And that's really key knowing what's ready now technology, what's going to impact their operations, what their shareholders are looking for, and what their customers are looking for. So that that's on the honeywell side. And that's where I believe, fundamentally believe we are well positioned to win technology, core of what we do, and our deep domain expertise across a number of these industries.
0: And then pivoting back to that, the, the women leadership piece in there. what advice would you give for other women who are thinking, I want to build my career in this environment or I want to work in an organization like
1: Honeywell that is, is promoting female leadership within sustainability? So sustainability requires knowledge of the political, economic, technical, legal, social and environmental. So just because you don't have an engineering background or a business background, those who are scientists, biologists who worked on this, the social side, know what your strength is from an ESG or sustainability perspective and enter through that way. So all different careers and backgrounds are important for the sustainability journey and kind of different thoughts and bringing those all together. So I would encourage those that want to get into a sustainability and technology company, don't let not having an engineering degree stop you. I don't have one. I have an undergrad in economics, an MBA, and then a master's actually in sustainability and environmental management before it was cool. You don't need one. The ability to learn is, is quite key. It's a new and a emerging field. It's very complex, and there's a place for everybody
2: one of the things that I would want to add on the top of it is that how we understand sustainability is a combination of science and art. And yep. because we are handling very complex problems, these are not something that you can just sit in a laboratory and you can solve them. It involves everything that Amanda said, political, investments, technology, everything combined together is what, what we what takes to solve a sustainability challenge. And to that, what I understand, two of the skills that I feel are very important for any individual who wants to play in this field is their inquisitiveness and their adaptability. Because this is an evolving and a complex, complex field, so you always have to keep a questioning that, is this something which is going to bring the right answer to my customer? Does it solve the problem that I have today? Will it bring something meaningful to the business and to the environment as well? adaptability in a way wherein we say that we are able to change along with the new ideas and the changes which are happening in the market and we are completely able to adopt very quickly swiftly the solution we want to present so I think these two things are helping me go a long way in the (laughs) sustainability space so I would uh, really recommend people to be very inquisitive and adaptable to changes which are happening.
1: And the last thing I want to add on, as we just intentionally uh, close out this question, is your network. Your network is so critical, right? And any job that you do, a woman in leadership, wherever you are, especially in in sustainability, having that broad and diverse network where you could quickly go to someone who has the answers and the expert of the field, you're going to have to know a lot of experts. So quickly getting to that, knowing who the thought leaders are so that you can get the right inputs to solve the problem is also very helpful and reduces your, your time. Uh, to solve the problem and the quality of output again you're not going to know everything know what your strengths are but your network is going to help
0: thank you both i love the idea of it being a combination of science and art it really comes through it's almost not just gender diversity but it's a real diversity of thought and diversity of skill set which ties in so nicely with the conversation we've had around partnerships and collaboration with people outside and not being able to know everything about everything i love that but lastly, what are you most excited about moving into twenty twenty three or beyond? Is it around sustainability, or partnerships, or women in the industry? What are some of the things that you, that are, are getting you most excited in the next couple of years?
2: Nice question, but I, there is no one single thing which is which is what I'm excited about. It's everything. I <laughs> mean, because it's a sauce and it's a recipe, so it has to be a combination of partnerships, uh, new product development. Of more women in the industry because they bring a very different perspective and and gaining more skills for all of us all the time. Everything together is going to take us in the long way in the sustainability space in the next year in, in, and next year and years to come.
1: That was very well said. Just to add on to that, I'd say the realization of some of our uh, partnerships, our fundamental strategy work that we've been working on this year and the groundwork we've been laying, we'll see a lot more commercial deals that we can announce, more wins, etc. I'm just excited about the continued acceleration of seeing companies adopt sustainable practices, solutions, etc. Um, and I'm just very excited about working with my team, working with uh, partners like you to really see this through. It's going to be a great year. This year is a great year. Next year is going to be a great year.
0: I love that. We've had art, science, we've had source recipes. It's got everything that we could, could hope for. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's been very insightful. I think especially inspiring, at least from my perspective, to hear you talk about collaboration with such passion and coming together of such huge industry players and and such great minds to, to, you know, to ultimately do good in the world. And especially with so much of that being driven by women. It's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for having us.